Okay, welcome back to the 2019 podcast. It's the monthly wrap-up, looking at best new music for April, the month of April. And guess what? I've got the gang together. I've got the band back together. And first up is Max Quinn from Unearthed. Hey, Max. Tambourine player in the band. <laughs> I was going to – I didn't want to pigeonhole you. I had bass pl- <laughs> I had bass player marked down, but I'll take a tambourine player on the road with me. You know what? It's important. <laughs> <laughs> now, Max, what's your pick of all the new music which came uh, across you in April? What's your highlight? For me, it's Morbid Stuff, the record by the Canadian – Canadian punk band Pup. A fantastic record. I'm so glad you picked this one. It is an excellent record, isn't it? I love it because... Well, actually, there are a couple of reasons that I love it. Firstly, it does what it says on the tin. You know, like, it is morbid stuff from top to bottom. There's so much darkness to this record. But I also love it because it's done in a way that's sort of a little bit comical. Being able to find the light in the darkness, I think, is their greatest skill. I think it's sort of what separates them from some of the more traditionally emo bands that are getting passed around at the moment, that they can have that life really makes this record vital, I think. Yeah. You've obviously been a big fan of their previous two records. They're not doing anything that's radically different from previous releases, are they? No. Um, you think about even that first song that they released, Guilt Trip, and it's done in a myriad of different timings and there's gang vocals. And now here on the third record, I think they've just kind of solidified what they do as a band. And this time I think it was just focusing down on like giving yourself uh, a topic and giving yourself something to work towards, in this case, morbid stuff, really creates a cohesiveness. certainly their most consistent record i reckon anyway don't you just like there's not really a bad track on this record really very much so it's also the first time i've heard someone discuss some of the specific mental health stuff uh that he talks about in this record like obsessive thoughts and the the masochism that he that he describes it's a really compelling way of of bringing light to a topic that is traditionally dark yeah well also that you know that beautiful line where you know just because you're sad doesn't make you special yeah (laughs) it was it was kind of like you know because there's a lot of sad you know there's a lot of sadness in the world and a lot of people are kind of feeling pain in all sorts of different ways just because you're feeling sad doesn't make you any special from anyone else it's so self-deprecating too because this is a special record absolutely what's your favorite track my favorite track is this one see you at your funeral
Okay, next up, she presents weeknights on Triple J doing good nights, and she comes across a lot of new music in a month, and that's Bridget Husswaite, who joins us right now on the podcast to talk about the best thing that she heard in April. Hey, Bridget, so out of everything, what do you reckon? My heart just went away to uh, the brand new EP from Biba Doobie, the 18-year-old artist who you introduced me to a couple of months ago. It's interesting, yeah. I only came across her last year because she put out an EP, uh, second half of last year, which had a really great song on it called If You Want To. And I, I love that track and, and that EP. I haven't really had much of a time uh, with this latest one. What, what's she doing on this one? Well, I mean, first of all, she's not wasting any time. It's been a good four months in between these two EPs. Um, but this the second one is just a little heartbreaker. It seems... It kind of seems like it's a, a diary for Biba Doobie. She's a, a lot more confessional and, and raw on it. Uh, yeah, the songwriting is just something else. And I feel like I am reading straight from her journal. It's really interesting too, because I've been trying to just like suss her out on the internet and see what her story is and, and where she's going with this label that she's signed to. Because she's signed to Dirty Hit in the UK, which has got like, I think Wolf Alice in the 1975, like pretty big kind of deal to be having there but um, apparently they're just letting her do whatever she wants and she's just kind of finding her feet um, and, and pouring her heart out into this new EP Love Worm and I don't know for me I guess I listen to it and I feel like I'm 18 again coming out of high school and stepping into the real world it's just hitting me in the feels. Yeah well she is I'm, I did a little bit of research on her last year she's 18 Mm. and she's been sort of uploading for a couple of years. Seems like she does it all pretty much at, at home on, on her own. It doesn't seem like she's been getting a lot of big-name producers or help from elsewhere. Yeah, she's very much one of those bedroom artists, similar, you know, in the same sense as Claro working from her bedroom, kind of went big with a song on YouTube, and now they're, you know, signed to these major deals and whatnot. But it's what's really impressive about this EP, Loveworm, as well, you can really tell that she knows her stuff when it comes to her influences, very very much uh, inspired by that kind of 90s grunge movement, incorporating, you know, elements from like Radiohead and Sonic Youth and, and film too. She's making songs that she said she could imagine on 90s chick flicks and, and all that kind of stuff. So for an 18-year-old, I mean, she's she knows what she's doing. Okay. Well, let's hear a little taste of uh, this EP, this latest EP. It's by Biba Doobie. This track is called Disappear.
So that's Disappear by Bibi Doobie. If you listen to the lyrics of that one, you were sort of mentioning before that you think that she might have been through some heartache. It comes across pretty strongly, I think, in that song. Yeah, definitely. I read that this song in particular, she's kind of imagining it, imagining it to be on the film Eternal Sunshine, and it's about longing for someone and it's kind of not being received as well. So, yeah, it's full of feelings. I kind of feel this song could actually go on, like, the Twilight soundtrack or something with those guitars. It's just very dark and um, totally engulfing. Like, I'm really swept up in it. Yeah, there's some really um, sort of pointed lyrics in there and imagery of patches on fingers and stuff like that and a little bit of swearing along the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very cathartic stuff there. So Bieber Doobie is the artist from England. Her latest EP, Love Worm, has that track on it, Disappear, and that's the pick of all the new music that Bridget Husswade has come across in April. Thanks, Bridget. We'll check in with you probably again in a month's time. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. The Sounds of 2019 with Richard Kingsmill. Okay, next up, Dave Ruby Howe. Dave, good to see you again. Over all the stuff that you heard in April, what stood out? Yeah, I, I mean, there's so much good music, especially coming through Triple J, Unearth Where I, sort of, uh, you know, and in position of. Uh, but I thought I'd throw it back and give a shout out to a past Unearth J award winner, Meg Mack. Hmm. Her new song, I'm Not Coming Back. Uh, I saw her live um, when she was, she's been touring around the country and doing some New Zealand dates as well for this, you know, this release. And she's just got a killer show. You know, by now she's been on the road for long enough. She's got a great band with her. Her sister's still singing and backups with her. And she just, she was just so, so good, so flawless. And this one really stood out before she released it uh, in um, early April. Take a little pain away. Baby, when you call me. Didn't even notice You were feeling low And I I didn't even notice Wish there was something I could learn for you Wish there was something I could take from you Tell me if you think this this is wrong. I think she's had something to prove since the release of her debut album two years ago. Yeah, maybe. I think I think you're right. I think things happened really fast for her at the start, didn't they? With uh, you know something like Roll Up Your Sleeves and then Never Be really catapulting her into you know the mainstream consciousness. She you know did some big festivals. I remember one of the years she played Splendor. Everyone was talking about, wow, this is a really star-making turn for Meg. Uh, and then maybe the, the record, um, you know, a lot of different sort of voices, some overseas influences telling her what to do. I think you're right. She's, um, she's, she's bounced back, given my name back. There might have been a little bit of an undercurrent there to maybe some, something she's experienced. Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of trying to force her down a road that maybe she wasn't comfortable with. Low Blows was a decent debut record, but I don't think it really did her justice because she's a mm. major talent. She's got yeah. a fantastic voice. She's really confident on stage. But it's interesting, the succession of singles that she put out towards the end of last year and then the two this year, she's back working with Australian talents. Yep. And she's not looking at overseas too much. And it feels like she's kind of directed the ship back on course. Yeah, but this one also, I, th I think this one definitely feels like it's um, it's a really personal track for her in terms of stylistically. It's a bit more bluesy. It's a bit more sort of old soul-y sort of sounds as well. 
Um, whereas giving my name back had a little bit of a modern sort of touch to it. And Sarah Aaron's working on something tells me as well. So this one, it's, I feel like she's, you know, she's giving us a bit of everything that, that we like about Meg Mac, you know, those new influences, uh, some old influences and just her voice in front and center, making some boisterous, uplifting sort of soul and pop music. So that's Meg Mack and her latest single. She's got a mini album to come, which is interesting. I don't know why she didn't look at album number two. Why do you think a mini album? That's a good question. I, I, I question the, the terminology behind that because, I mean, when I think of a mini album, it's got to be like six or seven tracks and Kanye can release an album <laughs> with seven yeah. tracks and call it a record and Drake can release a record with 25 tracks, you know, so she could call it an album. Did, when she, when you saw her play live just recently, did she drop a lot of other new songs? There were probably in the mix? about um, four or five. This one definitely stood out, and also she played the title track "Hope," um, which sounded really good as well. Yeah. But mostly it was just a hit parade because she's got so many songs now, and the, the crowd just lapped it up. But you you were telling me um, before, Richard, she's working with someone pretty interesting for this record. Well, yeah, I only just discovered as well that um, you know I was saying before that she's you know instead of what Low Blows was, her working with overseas talent, she's back working with a whole bunch of Australians. But the guy who's actually produced both I'm Not Coming Back, which you just heard, and also Give Me My mm. Name Back, which came at the end of last year, is Miles Wooten, who is the drummer for The Panics. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, right. That old. So, so Meg went to school in WA. Maybe it's a bit of a Perth connection as well. Maybe. They also, I know The Panics and Meg kind of share management teams as well. Yeah, right. but, but The Panics have kind of um, gone on a little bit of a hiatus, and Miles has been sort of popping up here and there as a writer yeah. and also a producer. But he's worked pretty closely on those couple of tracks and maybe more from the mini album to come. So we'll wait and see. But Meg Mac there, your selection of the highlight from April. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, Richard. Okay, next up, Linda Mariano. Linda, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Okay, best thing in April that you heard? A teenager from Wollongong with his official debut single, Stephen and Time. Yes, now this guy seems to have come out of nowhere. What do you know about him? Seriously, within the first 10 seconds of hearing this song, I was like, who is this guy? Who is he working with? Who's doing the production? So he is 18 now. He's from Illawarra in New South Wales. And he's been writing for a few years. So I think he grew up as a real little music nerd. Dad had a massive record collection, made him listen to like Al Green and Stevie Wonder as he was growing up through school. Then obviously got into like really contemporary stuff like your Frank Ocean and got really into Kanye production and Pharrell Williams. And then he is somehow, I think, finished high school. And in the last year and a half, he's gotten management here in Australia. So he's managed by the same people that manage, I think, Cosmos Midnight and a couple of others. And he's been signed to bloody Honeymoon Records and 300 Entertainment in the States. So that's Young Thug, that's Migos, that's Reggie Snow, that's all these amazing contemporary artists that are world-class acts. And it's this teenager from Wollongong who, I'm not kidding, when I heard this song, I had no idea who he was. Someone just kind of said, oh, 
you got to listen to this song. I reckon it's going to be amazing. And the fact that it's like a homegrown hero. Yeah. It's, oh. fun, it's funny. You listen to the song and you go, oh, this must be coming out of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's you got, go, oh, maybe Steve Lacey's produced a exactly. bit of this. Exactly. It's got, it's got the, uh, it's sort of a little bit of the odd future, mm. you know, collective, a little bit of the internet sound to it. Definitely a bit of Frank Ocean vibe going on. But it's done really well. And it's not even just that it's a song where you can kind of hear references here and there. It's actually just a really well-written song. Yeah, even, even if you can't figure out what he's even saying. Even if you can't <laughs> figure out what he's saying, the moments that you can where he's talking about the girl and he says, like, it's so rare for me where I love every element in a song. From the moment it starts, the verse, the moments where he says, what did he say? Oh, she thinks that I'm amazing, but I'm just, a, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. I'm just a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. Hmm. Like he wrote it when he was 16. Yeah. And then going into the chorus, I just love it's, every part of this song. It's got such a cool vibe to it. Let's just give people a taste of it. So this is Steven and his track Time. I never knew that she played me on a laptop. And I got me so hot. Cause I'm nervous, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. She thinks I'm perfect, thinks I'm perfect. Oh no. Hey, but I'm a loser, I'm a loser. Yeah. I'm a loser. No, I'm just a dreamer, just a dreamer. Just what you dream want? What you want? What you want? Once again, if you're trying to find this this track, Stephen is spelt with an A-N at the end and a V. And the track Time is spelt with two E's, but you actually just pronounce it Time, not Timmy or anything weird. <laughs> I think the first time I played this on air, I said Timey. <laughs> Timey. Because <laughs> no one knew anything about him. Yeah, it just, it's just such a low-key name, Stephen, you know. It's uh, it's so unassuming. It's, uh, well, it's also so Australian. It's like Dave. It's just like first name, that'll do. Um, what do you think... He's got to come. Any hints, clues? Well, look, he's signed these big deals now. This song he says that he wrote when he was 16. I am so excited. He's probably got a huge catalogue of stuff that he's written. That's what I mean. He must have written so much stuff because if he's been signed recently, they must have heard new material from him and gone, we are investing in this kid now. Mm, Right? yeah, Yeah. Well, he has got an unearthed profile page, so you can go there and you can kind of read a little bit more about him and find out a little bit more. But it is one of the standout local releases for sure from April. It's a wonderful release from Stephen, once again, Time, picked by Linda Mariano. Okay, just to wrap up then, um, I heard a lot of great things. I I was talking to Max Queen a little while ago about how great the Pup record is from the Canadian band, and that's certainly one of my favourite albums so far this year. But the album that I'm really excited about at the moment, and once again, it's sort of come very late in April, is the Kevin Abstract record. Yeah, so this is this is a real surprise as well because I must admit the Brockhampton record last year, Iridescence, I found hard work. I'm you know, I'm still really intrigued by Brockhampton and I loved all the saturation records the year before. Iridescence I found to be a hard listen. It's a difficult, challenging record. Sometimes I find 
and I think I felt the same way about iridescence as well, where I love the concept of it more than I actually love the listening experience. Yeah, I was excited to hear it and I found it really challenging and I like challenging records, but I must admit I haven't gone back to it very often. But this uh, solo record from Kevin Abstract, who, if you don't know, is kind of like the ringleader of Brockhampton. There's, you know, there's a multitude of members, but he seems to be this sort of the guiding light of who Brockhampton are and have become. And he's put out solo records in the past, but this uh, new solo record, he gave it in parts, which I'm not a big fan of, but I can understand why people do it in this day and age. So he dropped like three bundles across the three weeks leading up to the album. But once you sit down with the whole album and listen to it, uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense and I find the reason I like it so much is exactly the same reason why I liked the last album from Tyler the Creator, Flower Boy, uh, from about 18 months ago now. It was one of my favourite albums of that year and it was such a surprising release. And this record from Kevin Abstract once again is exploring his homosexuality, which a lot of the album from Tyler the Creator did, but it's such a beautifully crafted record and it's it's a it's a much gentler listen than the Brockhampton record last year, but it's not samey. And he's got a really uh, he's got an interesting uh, range of guests joining him. A couple of the guys from uh, Brockhampton, Bareface and Joba. Uh, he's also got Ryan Beatty, who collaborates quite a lot with Brockhampton. He's got Dominic Fike in there as well. But he's working with um, Lord's producer. Oh Jesus, Joel I forgot Little. Any, Joel, no, no, not, no, 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 no. Um, Oh, Antonoff. Oh, yes, Antonoff. Jack, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff. Jack Antonoff, who worked after Joel Little worked with Lord. Jack Antonoff worked on Lord's last record, and Jack Antonoff is actually helping him produce this record. So I feel like Jack Antonoff's got such great ears that he's brought it all into focus. So what Br- Brockhampton's last album didn't have for me, this one does because it's just a beautifully focused album from beginning to end. And there's so many highlight tracks on here. And I just think it's a really, really exciting album from this year. So let's just hear a little bit of the Kevin Abstract record. Every time I find myself, I feel so lost. And every truth that I discover feels so false. And every mountain that I climb that seems so tall. It only felt that way cause the valley was so small Excuse me why I just want you pretty much out of my mind But when I close my eyes I think about you every time At this point you're pretty much out of my mind But when I close my eyes I think about you every time Anyway, so there it is. Have you had much of a chance to listen to it? I haven't listened to it. Yeah. Oh, you'll love it. I think you, you know, I think you'll find a a lot in there. And once again, his his lyrics are really open. He's exploring a lot of stuff that he's been through. He's an interesting character. He's, you know, 
he's uh, he's sort of revealing a lot through his music, maybe more so than he talks about. So there you go. That's my standout for April. Uh, are you going to join us again next month, maybe? Will you have me? Oh, well, it's always good value. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, never know what, I never know what you're going to pick. So uh, I'll throw a real curveball at you next time. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, the Stephen one was a curveball. Who would have thought a favourite release uh, from a Wollongong artist would have been your pick of all the releases from April? Absolute favourite. And I love Wollongong. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> Wollongong is a wonderful place. It's just not often that, you know, we get a lot of music from that area, even though there's a, a lot of good creative minds there. That's it for the 2019 podcast. Feel free to review and rate um, and also subscribe to the podcast as well. And we'll all be back uh, for another roundtable in a month's time to sort of wrap up all the best releases for May. See ya.